This is Ani's on Opas, a fan podcast where we talk about our favorite aspects of Korean dramas with special affection and attention to the leading men of K-dramas, also known as our K-drama boyfriends, also known as Opas. And we are your metaphorical big sisters, aka Onis, and I'm Susie. And I am Lynn. And before we nom 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 on some dramas, <laughs> nom 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 on some drom drom drom, uh, <laughs> who would you like to say Jama Kiss Me Da to this time, Suze? Uh This time, I would like to thank all the fans, like K drama fans out there that had over the years helped make things accessible mm. and easier to find, easier to understand for other K-drama mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at you, old fan subbers, mm-hmm. people who provided links and instructions how to use Clubbox, Clubbox, Clubbox. Oh. How do you say that? Clubbox, which was, which is a, I don't know if they still exist, but it's like a Korean version of Dropbox. Oh. <clears throat> and etc. you know, translations, pictures, whatever, just all your service over the years. I just want to thank you all, you know, and now we have all this streaming, but if it's not because of your hard work in the past, K-drama right. fans would not have as much access or would not be able to watch as much as you know, we yeah. could back then. So give yourself a, a round of applause <laughs> for your service. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that yeah. is great. I mean, really, that's interesting to think about that, like the global Korean culture phenomenon that's happening right now would not exist without all those early adopters making it mm-hmm. possible. So kamsamida. Yeah. Thank you for mm. your service. Um, I have sort of a different one this time. Mm. I've been, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in the catch-up, but I'm feeling, I've been feeling a little bit of the narrowness of Korean dramas recently. The the fact that, you know, I mean, in all, all people, all culture everywhere is exclusive in some ways, but, um, you know, we all know that Korean dramas have some problems as far as inclusivity, right? It's not, uh, I mean, even patriarchal values are still very pervasive in a lot of K-dramas in 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it just goes from there as far as including people of different racial backgrounds, people of different economic backgrounds, and, you know... um, And there have been a couple of things lately that have just been on the periphery of my, gosh, I wish that K-dramas were trying harder to do better. Um, So I would like to thank the people working within Korean culture, working within Korean films and dramas to make things better, to make it a more inclusive world, to tell stories that are not just the same stories um, mm-hmm. You know, Itaewon class obviously is one that immediately comes to mind, but it also immediately comes to mind because 
they're not doing a great job yet. So mm-hmm. I would really like to see that trend continue. Um, and I very much appreciate the people on the inside who are trying to make a difference. So on, mm-hmm. on behalf of all of the global fans, I'll take this opportunity to say, Kamsamida, we appreciate what you're trying to do. Whiting. Whiting. So with that said, Suze, what mm-hmm. have you been watching this past week? <laughs> well, uh, I've been prepping for this episode, so mm-hmm. I'll share that when the time comes Mm -hmm. those things um and then i finished uh the greatest love which Mm -hmm. i talked about in our previous episode and um i would say this came this came down to like uh it's it's it is mid because um a lot of the like tropes are like dated you know there are Mm. things that we don't like anymore this kind of thing and uh, the male lead is kind of like overbearing, but in a charming way. But mm-hmm. still, you're like, okay, dude, you're still doing everything the way you want it to happen, and you're not really taking that much account of like how she wants mm-hmm. things to happen or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. <clears throat> but ultimately, you know, it's saved really by the performance. But I also found like the themes they touch on are like quite still timely because it's sort of at that time when it's the rise of the um, comment section, as oh, you will, yeah, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. when, when really people starting to find power in, you know, talk, you know, saying bad things about people and mm-hmm. on the internet, like, you right. know, hiding behind an ID and just really cancel culture yeah. is what it is, yeah. you know, because the people, most of the people in the show it surrounds the entertainment industry so you know everything they do they have to like consider like how would people perceive it mm-hmm. would they what is the comment section gonna say you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that they and i find that really interesting and they really you know talk a lot about that and you see all the different kind of repercussions and sort of i think this is like a i don't know early sort of push back on that Mm. and i think there is now like really very strict libel laws in korea yeah and you really can like get sued real fast yeah (laughs) but you know malicious comments is like a thing that celebrities just have to battle all the time still Mm -hmm. and but at least there are now like laws in place that sort of regulate it more Mm -hmm. but you know people still say what they want to say and it's it's you know it's still a struggle yeah you know for everybody so i thought that was really really interesting and they addressed that quite a bit um so you know uh, it has a lot of charm but Mm -hmm. the beginning is very silly there's a lot of (laughs) there's just a lot of sort of cartoonish silly stuff happening Mm -hmm. the hijinks is high 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 hijinks um, so, you know, most of it I found actually quite funny. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, some of that is just silly. But, yeah. you know, the four, four leads are charming. Even Yui Na, who is playing somebody who is not pleasant most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, I find her doing a good job within that, the realm of her character. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend with caution. Yeah. You know, just know what you're getting into and if you can't stand the hijinks then you know know that it it does stop Mm. you know there's like 
a period where then it just sort of like tells the story. Yeah. But there is a lot of sort of building a kind of like antagonistic uh, relationship between the leads to make it like sort of a enemies to lovers kind of thing. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. So anyway, greatest love. Did not love it, but mm. liked it enough. <laughs> Maybe not the greatest, but no, you know, not an my okay greatest like. love. Yeah. <laughs> it's an okay like. <laughs> okay, so afterwards, I was a little adrift. So, what do you do when you're adrift? You have first dates. Mm-hmm. You have first dates. Mm-hmm. You check out what is out there. Yeah. So, I had four first dates the other night. The first thing I checked out was Love to Hate You. Mm hmm. I do love it. Yeah. I've seen now only two episodes, but I'm I'm enjoying it immensely. I just think it flows so well. I really enjoy the leads. I love the leading lady. She is so great. Mm-hmm. I just looking forward to keep on going with that one. Um, and then I checked out Summer Strike. Oh. Ah, ah. <laughs> Here it is, my healing drama. Thank you for coming. I need you so bad. (laughs) It was just, I love it. I only one episode, but I already just, I'm just like, this is the tone I need. I need to just relax. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first episode is not very relaxing, Mm. but it's, you know, by the end of episode one, it's relaxing. Oh, I can't wait. But it, yeah, I just, I really, I, re- I love it. I love it. <laughs> I hope to continue to love it. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I checked out Flower of Evil. Oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to find like a very different like genres yeah. to, to watch, check mm-hmm. out. So um, also very good. I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I love Lee Junki. Yes. I just love him. Um, I haven't seen Moon Chaewon in a minute, so it's nice to see her again. It has the cutest noodle. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised that in episode one, they already gave you, like, really a significant, like, here is what, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't string you along with, like, hmm, is it or is it not, you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, it is, here it is, <laughs> you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Which I did not expect, and I find that really interesting, considering they have, like, 16 right. hours to fill, right? right? So, Like, what's it going to be about if it's not going to be about that? Yeah, if we're not discovering, what are we doing? Right. Like, I'm really right. intrigued, and, you know, I know a little bit about it, so, but I'm really curious to see, like, how the story is going to unfold and what everyone's going to do, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, I, th- I'm predicting that along with the like big arc, it's also going to have sort of like other cases because Muche Wan's a police woman. She's a detective. Uh-huh. Um, so I think there's going to be cases that are like sort of informing the main okay. arc yep, yep, kind yep. of thing or, yep. You can draw like some lessons from that kind of thing if mm-hmm. they're not directly linked. Right. There. So I'm looking forward to that because the first one they showed was very satisfying. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is so interesting. You know, it's not just like a whatever. 
Um, so looking forward to that. And then the last one I saw is Uncanny Counter. Oh, uh-huh. And I really enjoyed the first episode. Yeah. There was kind of a longish fight scene that I thought was too long. It's like a fight and a chase. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, this is a little bit much. But uh, I enjoyed the overall story. I like the main uh, main guy and his like two friends. So he's a high school student. He has these two friends. And mm-hmm. I mean, the girl is amazing. I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> I just think she's so great. But their friendship is really, really great. And he lives with his grandparents who are really cute. His grandma has um, dementia. So that's mm. difficult. But they still like find joyful times, which is great. And then, of course, there's like a million friends. I mean, you know, the other people that are in the team. So in County Counter is, you know, basically demon hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three people who are in the, like, demon hunter group are, like, dear friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are dear friends. You uh, fans of Alchemy of Souls would recognize Park Jin from there is in here. And he is just as delightful. Um, as he is in that show, you know, um, who is it? Kim Se-jung was in, um, Business Proposal. Oh, uh uh-huh. She is in it. Mm -hmm. She is great. You know, just, you know, it's, it's a little stressful though. Like warning, there is like one of the main things our leads have to deal with is bullying at school. Mm, Okay. But I think it will have a satisfying yeah conclusion <laughs> right well i mean it almost always does but you have to get through the scenes of like <sighs> yes terribleness yes, yes. first which sometimes yes. does not feel yeah. worth it yeah right so you know of the four of them i was actually like most excited to continue with this one like i just thought yeah. it was like real fun real fun vibes and i i really look forward to them of course get rid of the bullies yeah yeah <laughs> like Move just on from that. showing the bullies what they can do but i just i don't know i just really love that girl who is his friend yeah <laughs> she's just she's just great she's no nonsense and they have like really a really just fun friendship i just really enjoy that so anyway that's what i've been watching that sounds delightful and i mean yeah really no duds no duds yeah so far so i i love the outcome yeah well uh we have not talked about this but i also watched the first episode of love to hate you this past Mm. week i mean we didn't discuss Mm -hmm. the fact that we both had watched it um Mm. i was not as taken with it as you i didn't dislike Mm. it and i definitely was not like i will not watch any more of this but Mm -hmm. It was just really not grabbing me. Like, I, mm, you know, I found mm-hmm. myself, like, checking my phone and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not, you know. Like, if you, if it's not mm-hmm. keeping your attention, then mm-hmm. maybe it's not the thing you want to be watching right then. Which is not to say, like, it won't ever keep my attention. But sometimes, you know, you're just in a mood. You're just feeling some kind of way. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the two lead boys are real delightful. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though... Yuteo is 
you know, kind of terrible still in that first episode. I'm hoping that he will grow. I mean, he's not nice. He I could mean, be nice. Is he not, though? Like, mm. he's. I feel like he's just neutral. Like, he's not saying anything mean to anybody or rude. Yeah, no, it's true. You're right. I take it back. I don't know why I, I said that. You're right. He's just neutral. He's not nice, but he's not not yeah. nice. Right. Right. I take, yeah, I take it back. Uh, I did really like the fact that the lead female is like a grown, sexually active, unpartnered woman. Because that is not mm-hmm. a thing that you get to see. So I was like very pro that. Um, I didn't necessarily love, love her, but I had a lot of respect for her. So, I mean, I'll definitely go back to it, but it didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I watched this week, several weeks ago, maybe as much as a month ago, we talked about mm. my very disappointing first date with Gauss Electronics. Oh. Uh, yeah. And off the podcast, Susie convinced me to, you know, give it give it another go. Oh, and since we talked about that last time, my new rule that I've made for myself is that I'm going to give a drama 25% or four episodes, whichever is less, before mm-hmm. I official, officially DNF it. So, you know, if mm-hmm. it's only eight episodes, mm-hmm. I have to watch two episodes before I fully declare this isn't for me. Because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of dramas take a while to get going until right. they really are mm-hmm. what they're going to be. So, right. So, right. Gas Electronics is 12 episodes. So I was like, okay, well, I have to watch at least three episodes if I'm going to, like, keep my own rule. And, I mean, it got past the, like, terrible bullying of the first episode. I still really, I just feel like it's not for me. Like, the humor is so broad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's more enjoyable. I enjoyed more of it than I did the first episode, which I really mm-hmm. did not enjoy at all. Um, mm-hmm. I've watched, I actually watched a lot of episode four. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a definite DNF for me, but it is mm-hmm. not a high priority. But this was another right. thing. Like, there's a character in it that um, is of South Southeast Asian extraction, mm-hmm. seemingly, or South Asian, I guess. Like, Indian mm-hmm. or Pakistani. It's not exactly clear where he comes from. Um And just the way it's handled, like, feels a little racist to me. It's just not not great and kind of like why, like, feels like a punchline that he's a foreigner. And it just made me uncomfortable. So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm super pro the idea of having a non-Korean character in the drama, but not Mm -hmm. if, like, his non-Koreanness is a punchline that doesn't seem right. cool. So yeah. that mm-hmm. that made me uncomfortable. Um so that's that. But you know, I really love my Kwok Danyan. So <laughs> uh and also I've had in the back of my mind for a while that I want to watch a daily drama just like basically to see mm-hmm. what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um because I haven't watched any daily dramas but I would like to watch something that, like, 
is fairly contemporary, you know, not like a daily mm-hmm. drama from 15 years ago. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and has a lot of friends in it and like, you know, yeah. hopefully make it as, as uh, set myself up for success with it. Put it that way. Yeah. So there's this daily drama that's from like 2019. I mean, it's relatively recent that Mm -hmm. Kwok Dong-yeon is in. Um, Also, Yoo Jung Yoon is in it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I was real excited about her. And like, I mean, almost everybody who's in it, like the main cast are all familiar faces. So Mm -hmm. I was very pro that. Um and I watched the first two episodes. They're only half an hour each. So, you know, it's like the equivalent mm-hmm. of one one hour's episode. And there are, I believe, 72 half hour episodes altogether. So, okay. uh, you know, it's still a little bit of a commitment. Kwok Dong-yeon was in like one scene that he's barely in. So that was kind of... <laughs> Kind of a disappointment, and it's real soapy. I mean, it's you know yeah. already yeah. got things that are like don't really make sense. Like all of these mm. these three characters are in a building, it's like this little shack that, because of reasons, catches fire, and they're just like in the building. Like the the woman is like cowering in the corner and the one guy is just like standing there and then the other guy is like trying to beat this way too big already fire down with like a piece of clothing or something. It's like get (laughs) out of there. And it went on way too long for like you're in a burning building. Like please. What are you doing? But you know I mean but I feel like that's the kind of thing that they do in a soap to like it doesn't make any sense that the characters would behave this way, but they're trying to achieve some, you know, narrative purpose. So I was like, all right. I mean, I'm not saying I'll never come back never twice, but I'm not going <laughs> to jump in right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I watched the first, about the first three episodes of uh, Crash Course in Romance, mm-hmm. which For the most part, I really, really have enjoyed. It's way darker than I expected. I mean, it's another Mm. one of these that's like real light (laughs) contrasted with real dark. It's not, I mean, it's not tone whiplash, Mm -hmm. I don't think, but um, it, I definitely didn't anticipate that. But then on the other hand, it's about like sort, to some extent, dark topics. Like the the Mm -hmm. pressure that parents put these kids under is not a Mm -hmm. joke. You know, and Mm -hmm. I mean, it shouldn't be treated as a joke. So Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that about it. The thing that sort of bugged me a little bit when I started watching it was uh, there's a character in it. I'm now, what, into episode five, maybe like Mm. two thirds of the way through episode five. And the main female lead has a brother a younger brother who they don't say is autistic, but has some sort of developmental difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's played in the show by Owen Schick, I think is the actor's name. He's in, even if you don't know his name, you absolutely have seen him in something because he is in so many dramas. 
I mean, I'm trying yeah. to think of like his most notable things. He's, um, this is not most notable, but he's Kim Son Ho's Sunbae in Home Cha, in those flashback scenes in, in The Office. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a eunuch in Love in the Moonlight. Mm-hmm. He's. Oh, the, it was Park So Jin's terrible. Um, He's Park So Jin's terrible boss at the uh, boss, the, uh, yeah, at the, at the exterminator. exterminator company. Yeah, he company. is. <laughs> I mean, he's he, yeah, he's uh, he's got a great part in Familiar Wife. I loved him in that. I mean, he's re- I I looked through his credits and I've seen him in like nine different dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's great, but it bothers me, you know. And this sort of goes back to what I was saying before as well, like. They don't have very many characters like this, and it would have been, it's not the main role, like it's a peripheral role in this drama, and it would have been a great opportunity for a disabled actor to play this role. And the fact that they have a non-disabled actor playing this role, you know, which also I realize, like, one of my very favorite dramas of all time is Move to Heaven that has an autistic character who is played by a non-autistic actor. So I am also culpable in this. Like, I don't know how I feel about it, but, you know, it just makes me feel uneasy and I wish that there were more opportunities for actors of all abilities, you know, not just in Korean dramas, in Mm -hmm. all all cultural productions everywhere. But that made me mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I think he's great. I think he's doing a great job in it. But that's just always sort of in the back of my mind. It's like this would have been a great opportunity for a disabled actor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm definitely continuing on with it because I find the the story real compelling. It's not as relaxing as mm-hmm. I would hope. There are a lot of mm-hmm. shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um. On the other hand, some of our favorite friends are in it. Kim Sun Young is in mm. it. Uh, I think she, her part isn't huge, but it's real important. And I think she's doing a great job with it. And uh, Huang Bora has a much smaller um, mm-hmm. support role, but she's just always a delight. I mean, I mean love how, her. Can, love how her. can you not love Huang Bora? Um, you know, tons of other friends as well but uh yeah that's that's probably the next thing that i'm going to be continuing on with is crash course in romance and then mm-hmm. you know maybe i i could see myself like watching never twice over a long period of time mm-hmm. like watching mm-hmm. a little bits here and there mm-hmm. um yeah. and we'll definitely go back to love to hate you gas electronics we're still <laughs> Not well, you've given, yeah, well, you've given it a fair try based on now your own standards, right? So, yeah. do not feel bad if you gotta if you gotta let it go, let it go. Yeah, it's not improved enough for you to continue. There will be other things that Kwak Dong Young. <laughs> I'm certain. I am certain. It's so. true. It's true. I'm just such a plot junkie that like even, you know, even like four episodes and I'm like, I don't really want to keep watching this, but I also want to see how the story is <laughs> resolved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yark. Yeah. I need to 
give it up. But in any case, <laughs> and the other thing that I did this week, which actually dominated my viewing this past week, was rewatch in its entirety me saying whoa in its entirety in its entirety all 20 episodes um because even though it can be a stressful drama at times uh i already knew what was going to happen because i've seen it Mm -hmm. before so that made it a lot less stressful although i will say once again i cried a lot more than i would have thought for something that i've seen Yeah, but the reason yeah, yeah. why I took this opportunity to re-watch me sang was because of our opa of the day that we're going to be talking about, Mr. Yes. Kung Ha No. <laughs> well, as I mentioned earlier, I've been prepping so one of the things that i did was i reviewed one of his early supporting roles into the beautiful you circa 2012 friends this is really like i mean it's a very supporting role and i can tell you about it in like three seconds but (laughs) i I do want to take this opportunity to just talk about this show a little bit because otherwise I feel like we will never get to this show because there's no other avenue other than maybe Minho one day yeah, <laughs> for us to get to this show. But I will say like this show and a friend of mine concurs that it is one, not good. It is not good. <laughs> do not get it twisted. It is not good. It's not good. However... For us, it is, for whatever reason, it is a comfort watch. Interesting. It's so funny because this friend of, and and me, we both, without planning it, was like rewatching to oh, the yeah? beautiful you, and and I just what I did was I was I would just put it on while I'm working uh-huh. because I'm like I don't need to like even pay attention to this. Yeah. Like every now and then I will just glance because I just want to be reminded of like what happens and see Kang Hano for um, in particular because at the time when I watched this, I did not know Kang Hano, right? Like mm-hmm. he was just some side character that I didn't really care about. And yeah, it was all about like Minho and Sully or whatever. So that's why I was watching it. She, she put it on while she was cleaning her house. <laughs> she's just like it's on in the background and you like just glance at it every now and then and just to see you know these silly kids do their thing Mm -hmm. so if you're unfamiliar to the beautiful you is an adaptation of a very very famous manga called hanakimi there's of course japanese drama version there is taiwanese drama version Mm. I don't know if mainland China has done it. I haven't heard. But now here is the Korean version. Okay. And it, it stars Choi Min-ho. Very, very young <laughs> Choi Min-ho. <laughs> From Shiny, if you're a K-pop person. Also Sully, who is also from FX. And I guess it might have been 
either funded or produced by SM Entertainment because it is an all SM soundtrack. You know, you have your Super Juniors, you have your Girl Generations, Shiny is in there. Those are the main people. Um, so it's a real, like, idol drama, right? Like, uh-huh. it's, it's got the poppy soundtrack. It's got your idol leads. Um, and the story is that the female lead pretends to be a boy. Mm-hmm. And she is, in the beginning, living in America. Mm-hmm. And... I guess she gets bullied a little because of her lunch stinks, you know, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And her, uh, the thing is her mom married an American person. So she has um, a half brother that is white. Okay. So she has a mixed family. So, you know, she came to America, you know, as a sort of like big kid, teenager, Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like unfamiliar and people are like mean to her in school and blah 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 and then she sees Minho on the te- television he is an athlete oh, uh-huh. so he is a high jump athlete so he is this is like some kind of like big deal competition and he wins the gold medal and he's jumping you know he's like soaring yeah. over the thing and she's like that's so beautiful and got inspired to like be stronger and like join the track team and so like it just got her out of this kind of like uh mode okay (laughs) can i interrupt for a second when she's in the u.s she's pretending to be a boy no 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 okay she's definitely not okay and so apparently this also inspired her to thank him in person and give him give back what he has given to her by pretending to be a boy and go to the school that he is at which is an all-boys school that has dorms okay people don't live at home they live in a dorm Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's all athletes because it seems like most of the students are athletes and they belong to like different clubs or whatever so it might Mm -hmm. be a athletic focus high school it makes sense because he's like a gold medalist. Everyone's supposed to be like sort of really good at their sport right. or something. I don't know. Anyway, so she comes. Where are her parents? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she comes over. She gets into school. And she, of course, gets to room with him. Sure. Right? Seems very plausible. Seems very possible. And, you know, of course, hijinks ensue, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the second lead starts having feelings for her. And it's all confused because I'm like, he is a boy. I am a boy. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of these. Ah. Uh, um, yeah. So she's a super stalker. <laughs> she is a super stalker, basically. And somebody needs to call the police. (laughs) So, So, yeah, the premise is not great. And there are so many things that... really problematic. It's very problematic. Like, incredibly problematic. So you have to just kind of, like, turn a blind eye to the criminal aspect of 
this. <laughs> to just be like, this is just a cute whatever, right? The thing is, I have read the manga. Like, I own the mangas. I really love uh-huh. the mangas. But, you know, mangas are... There's a lot of side stories that happen mm. in in them. And also, they do a better job in sort of explaining things. Yeah. So the setup was just not great for one, because they didn't like reveal why she why she was doing this until later, and you're just kind of like, "Girl, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, kind of thing." And so nobody's acting is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this is sort of like early in people's career. I mean, Kahano was pretty good. Like yeah. I, I did enjoy him um the little bit that we see him in so kan mm-hmm. is um minho's rival in high jump so they go oh, okay. in the same school so they're in the same school but he is somebody who wants to beat him okay in high jumping gotcha there's no real real reason like he doesn't have any like personal whatever on him you know it's just yeah, like yeah. i just want to beat you it's just kind of the thing well they're probably are they like the top two high jumpers in the school oh yeah for sure yeah so Um, like each one wants to be the best probably and really from the looks of it they're the only two high jumpers in the school (laughs) (laughs) when they're having training it's just the two of them all the time and they just like when there's some kind of like group training it's yeah. sort of like all the like track and field teams. So okay. it's like people who sprint, people who yeah, marathon, yeah. people who, you know, all the people yeah, yeah. come together. And so I'm just like, is it a tiny school? Mm. <laughs> is it very exclusive? Like what? So anyway, unclear. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so Kanhano takes a journey. He has a little journey of his own, you know? So it's actually pretty substantial, um, I would say. So, you know, Minho and Sully is in one room and next door is the second lead and Kahano. So they are roommates. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, Kahano's like trying to beat Minho and he's doing really good and Minho's having some kind of yips situation. Oh, gotcha. Um, so he's not doing so well, but, you know, Sully is inspiring him to do well because he's just like, you're the reason why I'm here. You're the, you know, da, da, da. so he's getting better. And then Kahano, because he has some kind of like performance anxiety thing where he's really good in the setup. But then when he has to jump, I guess something like mm. doesn't click. And that's sort of yeah. like their coach says, this is sort of your problem. You need to like fix it mentally, you know? Yeah. Otherwise yeah. you're never going to beat him kind of thing. So it's like super high level because Minho has like an agent and, you know, sponsorship and that kind of stuff. And so this mm-hmm. one company approached Kang Hanol and was like, Hey, we would like to sponsor you, but you have to beat Minho in the next competition. Like no matter what. And so okay. he, of course, goes into, like, just does the wrong things. And, I mean, he almost kills Minho, basically. Because <gasps> it's that, like, from above pot of flour gets, uh-huh. like, pushed down where he is. It didn't 
hit him. But like if it hit him, he could have died, you know. Yeah. And also he he like um, that didn't work, so he cut the brakes off his bike. And Come on, dude. Like, yeah, I was like, all y'all criminals. <laughs> it's criminals. It's right? full of criminals. So luckily, Sully saw that and was like, oh, no. And she herself, like, she took the bike and was like, you can't ride your bike today. And like, I mean, also, where are the adults in this situation? Oh, there's a like, lot of adults in the situation. There's a lot, but, I, but they're not doing is... anything. <laughs> there's a ton of adults in here. There's... Minho's dad, there's a lot of teachers around because there's his coach, there's their homeroom teacher, there's a the school doctor who becomes like Sully's confidant because he's the first one, of course, to find out that she's a girl sure. when she sure. passed out yeah. after doing whatever. Um, so there are plenty of adults around, but they're just not supervising. Right. <laughs> like, Obviously. No, <laughs> yeah. So... Anyway, so people figure out that it's Kang Hanol, you know, and they're just like trying to talk to him and be like, what are you doing, dude? And, mm-hmm. you know, the repercussions of the bike thing is actually his roommate got hurt because he was trying to help Sully with the like the over, you know, out of control bike. And he had like a really important soccer game the next day and couldn't play. So... He was re- feeling really guilty and he was already like, oh, what am I doing? You know, yeah. but then friendship is magic. <laughs> so all is all is forgiven and we're all friends now and it's fine. So, yeah, um, <laughs> there's just see like come for all your baby favorites, right? Yeah. Like you have baby Minho, you have. Those of you who have seen Queen's Queen's Umbrella and True Beauty, you know, the the terrible prince in Queen's Umbrella is played by Chani from SF9. Mm-hmm. He is a baby baby here because yeah. he plays young Minho. <laughs> I mean, I kind of just want to see that Minho. part. Yeah. It's like one small flashback scene. I was like, excuse me, <laughs> that is Chani? <laughs> So there, and then baby Kim Ji-won, who is essentially the second female lead, mm-hmm. who is a terrible person in this show. But then again, like, in the end, friendship is magic. And mm-hmm. we just, like, <laughs> put aside all the terrible things she has said and done. And, of course, she is a rhythm rhythmic gy- gymnast. I don't know why they get a bad rap all the time in... Um, you haven't seen Weightlifting Fairy, but the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the rhythmic well, I've gymnast. seen the first also, episode, and I feel like it's even right. in that first episode. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So they just get a bad rap. I don't know why. <laughs> and then you have Baby Nam Ji Hyun, who is in there for like sort of an extended guesting thing, mm-hmm. and she is you know was trying to date the second lead, and they were friends from. When they were little and, you know, he was, they were, had like really cute scenes together and she was very cute and, his, and she's a violin player, I think. Mm. Um, anyway, that was delightful. And then baby XO, XO cameo performing at some party as themselves. <laughs> Friends, really just full of it. 
And then this is, and then ex- another extended guest starring by um, Kim Woo Bin, mm-hmm. who now, of course, is superstar. Yeah. And he plays this guy that Selino's from um, California. Mm-hmm. And he's a photographer and he came by for an exhibition, I guess. And they, you know, he has seen her grow up and stuff. Like, I think he's like quite a bit older. Um, but he likes her. Okay. And the, so he's, he's there and he's like, uh, you know, like taking her out on town and, you know, he's like getting jealous of this kind of grown man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out he helped her forge some documents in order to come over. <laughs> well, it's true. Someone would have had to. Once again, where are her parents? What? Where so many questions. Are her parents? Like it's oh my gosh. I'm like just criminals. This is yeah. full everyone's a felon. Bonkers. Everyone's a felon. It's real. It's full of felons. Um so to the felonious what, you they should call it. it. <laughs> So from what we could gather, because her, you know, her brother, her half-brother, not half-brother, but her stepbrother, does come over. He's a doctor, like, he's a really well-known, like, neuroscientist person. Mm -hmm. Um, So he came over for, to speak at a conference um, in Korea. And Mm -hmm. so he came by to visit her, and she was panicking because he does not know that she is at a boys school of course right and so he thinks he is she is here in a in a regular like girl school so she had lasers like hijinks trying to like figure out how to hide that she's a boys school but he is like a reasonable adult because as soon as he finds out he's like pack your bags we mm-hmm. are going home. You right? are not to stay here one minute longer. Like, how could you? This does not make sense. And just scolds her. And I was like, yes. Thank you. Thank you, stepbrother, I mean, for being the one competent adult in this entire scenario. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was just like, what is happening? Mm. But anyway, that is... To the beautiful you. Wow. You know, it's it's a real teen thing. You know, it did not need to be 16 episodes long, sure, of sure. course. Um, you know, like I said, it's for some reason a comfort comfort watch. Yeah. Like I could I could reach for it, you know, again and again, but mm-hmm. you know, when I'm like doing other things. Yeah. <laughs> That's so to, like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just I don't know. There's something, something about, about it. it, but yeah. but also you know I I have to say that it does make me a little sad when I like watch it because you know Soli is no longer with us, mm-hmm. and you know when I look at Minho, you know Minho is with Shiny, and you know Shiny also lost someone, you know kind of around I want to say like maybe before Soli passed away, but. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like just like a rough two to three years there for sort of the Korean entertainment industry mm-hmm. with people, you know, passing away like that. So it just does make me just go like, oh, silly, you know. But anyway, <laughs> it's hard to say, you know, I, I don't recommend it as a good drama. 
It's right. not. Yeah. There's not even like great performances, you know. Right. But it is, you know, if you come into it knowing what it is, you know, it's a teen absurd mm-hmm. <laughs> drama, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to just like see your faves being cute and see your like baby faves, you know, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. But know what it is. Yeah. Full of felons. Polonius <laughs> you. That is what it is. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I mean, I do really, really want, want to see Baby Chani and also uh, mm-hmm. Baby Baby Nam Joo Hyun. So, you know, I might just like fast forward through it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Someday when I'm looking for something like that. Well, I mean, somewhat in the same vein, but I feel like maybe better, certainly mm. less felonious, uh, <laughs> from 2013 is the legendary The Heirs slash Inheritors. I always call it Inheritors just because I feel like The Heirs is so vague and also the word heir, you know, can be misconstrued mm-hmm. as like A-I-R or also yeah. hair. Like, Inheritors <laughs> is just more clear. So I usually call yes. it Inheritors. Um, okay. So once again, Kang Hanul is, it sounds like he has a bigger part than what he has in Felonious You, but uh, mm-hmm. it's still a, a fairly minor part. I mean, Inheritors has a huge cast of friends, all of whom you've seen in other things since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was reviewing it a little bit this week to talk about it today. I was thinking about your review a couple episodes back where you were talking about the 2018 Meteor Garden and mm-hmm. how it seems like they keep rebooting it every couple of years as like a launching pad for a new group of young, mm-hmm. you know, young upcoming mm-hmm. actors. Um, and this sort of feels like that. I mean, they just packed this cast full of people <laughs> Uh, you know, many of whom went on to do really big things. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I watched it largely because uh, I wanted to see, I mean, I've seen Lee Min Ho in other things and he's the lead in it. I really wanted to see Park Shin Ye in another thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I love Park Hyung Shik. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Ji Won is in it. Kim Mi Kyung is in it. The Ajima of the world. Rami <laughs> Ron is in it. Another mm-hmm. one of my favorite Ajima's hand hearts for her. Mm-hmm. And Kim Woo Bin, who I, well, whom I still have not seen in another mm-hmm. drama where he had like a, a proper role. Right. Is the, the second male lead. So, I mean, and that's just like scratching the surface of all the people who are in this drama. Mm-hmm. Um, so the premise is rich high school kid problems. <laughs> they're so, they're just so <laughs> terrible. They're shayball high school kids. It's like, for me, the fact that I made it through 20 episodes of this drama is a miracle because if you know me at all, you know, like shayball problems, not my jam. Mm-mm. High school kids, not my jam. This I wrote in the notes here, rich people problems times adole- adolescent drama equals throwing up emoji. 
because that's how I feel about <laughs> like the the setup for this drama. Also, at the very beginning of the drama, Lehman Ho's character has been sort of exiled to California. He's at a school in California, and I th- it's. It's at least the first two episodes. I can't remember when he comes back to Korea, if it's episode three. But in any case, the whole California arc is so painful. Just like, makes no sense. All of the non-Korean actors who are in it. I mean, and some of it was clearly filmed in California. There are like California exteriors. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they imported non East Asian actors from Korea to California to play because they're not actors, some of them. And it's real, real painful. That And also just raises the question of like, why was this necessary? I do not know. Anyway, I don't think we talked about this in the last episode, but Susie uh, recently coined a really great expression because i had said we need a term for a drama where in the middle episodes the plot just goes around and around like Mm -hmm. it does not progress because it feels like there are that's a recurring theme that happens especially for these dramas that are like could have been shorter, right? There's not really enough plot to stretch out for as long as the drama is. So they just keep doing the same thing in the middle. And Susie said, how about Lazy Susan? And I love that term. And this Inheritors is the ultimate Lazy Susan because the whole (laughs) middle of the drama just goes nowhere. For like eight episodes, this could have been so much shorter, this drama. (laughs) But it just goes nowhere for the whole middle part. Uh, I will say, once they get out of that, like the last four episodes or something, once they break out of the Lazy Susan, I actually enjoyed the last couple of episodes. Mm. Like I watched a lot, like up (laughs) to episode, I don't know, 12, 14 Mm-hmm. on 1.5 speed on Netflix mm-hmm. just to get through them. Uh, but once, you know, once it the plot actually starts to progress, I found it a lot more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Also, it feels like a lot of those young actors who are not at their best in this mm-hmm. drama sort of hit their stride more towards oh. the end. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, there's a lot of babbling about inheritors uh, and I'm sure I'll babble more about it when we talk about Lee Min Ho in a future episode. But we're not here to talk about him in this episode. This no. episode <laughs> is about Kang Han mm-hmm. So Kang Han character is Lee Hyo Shin. And he is, for me, when I was watching it, I was like, I want the whole show to be about him. Because he was like the only character that I didn't dislike. I didn't dislike Park, uh, Park Shin Hye's character. But she was like the poor girl who gets bullied among all these rich jerks at this high school. Um, so Hyoshin is also a chayball, but not a jerk. Mm-hmm. And he's like the head of the journalism club and actually like has some maturity. And uh, he comes from this terrible, of course, terrible family 
who's pressuring him. Uh, his mom is so you suck. She's his mom. So terrible. Put so much pressure on him. Uh, I mean, the the moms are pretty universally terrible. Rami Ron is like slightly less terrible mom, but like the, all the people are terrible. They're just oh. terrible in this show. So anyway, he's under all this pressure and he's like depressed and despondent as a result of it. He has a real mm -hmm. hard time. My only, my one character note for him, like he's so likable. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, especially in comparison to all the unlikable characters, but he has a crush on Rachel, who is Kim Ji Wan's character, who yeah. again is super terrible. She's like maybe the worst mm. of the girls. Oh, she's gosh. super, super terrible. Ugh. So, I mean, all of these kids have all grown up together, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's that. But the whole time I'm like, what do you like? There's literally, other than the fact that she's cute, there's literally nothing to like about her. She's right. just terrible. <laughs> Um, I mean, she gets slightly better by the end, question mark. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, he's he's not in it a lot. I really wish he had been in it more like, you know, he, he has a storyline. He has an arc. Um, but I think the drama would have been improved if his character had been in it more. But then again, there's like 20 you know, young actors all in this show doing things and all their parents are having mm. shenanigans and all the <laughs> all the stuff. So yeah. I think he's real good. And again, I mean, I think his acting really stands out among like his age peers who are like not always at their best acting wise. I mean, there's yeah. there's some fine acting. I really liked Kim Woo Bin's performance in it a lot. His character is not very likable for the most part, but mm. I liked his performance in it. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's not Kang Hanul's greatest work, mm. not through any fault of his. Mm -hmm. It's just not the best. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, it's just not the best. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a classic. You're probably, even if I tell you don't watch it, you're probably going to watch it anyway. So, <laughs> you know, and I'm not the boss of you. Yeah. Uh, I can't really recommend it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's fine. I would skip the middle because it's a lot of going nowhere but mm -hmm. um you know i mean again it's it is fun to see these baby face i mean some of them really seem a lot more baby faced than others mm -hmm. uh i mean i feel like park shin Hye looks exactly the same as she did <laughs> in 2013 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I mean, I didn't hate it. And like I said, I, I enjoyed the last couple episodes more than the whole first, like, 16 episodes. In no universe does this drama need to be 20 episodes long, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Could have been 12. Mm -hmm. And probably still would have had some Lazy Susan in the middle. So, anywho, <laughs> that's what I have to say about uh, Inheritors. Okay. Not a not a fave, but you know, mm -hmm. I made it to the end though. Yeah. So you know, you did not DNF, so that's saying something. 
It is. It is. Thank you, Kang Hanul. I mean, he, really, yes. if it weren't for him, I might not have made it because I did. Mm-hmm. I just always enjoy watching him. I think mm-hmm. he's so yeah. interesting to watch. And he's even, you know, from these early works where he's not in them a lot, he's always very solid in his mm-hmm. work. Yeah. So. He's definitely just, even from early on, very dependable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I would say he was probably one of the best in To the Beautiful You, um, in terms of just being consistent and just, like, fine, doing a fine job. You know, not being yeah. awkward about things. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, you know, he was enjoyable to watch. So, I totally get it. Yeah. Um all right, inheritors, tread with caution. <laughs> if you want I mean, to again, enter, just like know what you're getting into, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's not terrible, but right. it's definitely not great. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely gonna be like for me, just fulfilling a checklist. You know, it's mm-hmm, like something mm-hmm. I can t- check off my list. I have seen, but. I don't need to do it right now. Nope. <laughs> Can do it some other time. Well, next we're gonna talk about Moon Lovers! Moon Lovers! <laughs> Circa 2016, that very excellent K drama year. Mm. Um, we have talked. Uh, quite a bit about this show before in IU's episode. So mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to that one, go and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> After this one is fine. We'll still talk about the show here. <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, be like, we already talked about it. The end. <laughs> right. The end. See the also IU. <laughs> well, Footnote. we really didn't talk at all about Kang Hanul's character in no, that we did not. episode, we did. though. Because so. we knew. We knew. <laughs> yeah. Future. Well, and also, future us. I feel like, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but it's very hard to talk about his character without some plot spoilers, and we were very much trying to avoid spoilers right. in yeah. the IU episode. Right. And, you know, we'll still try, but some things, I will. I will try. I will try. You know, I don't want to spoil things because there are some, like, for me, terrific plot contortions that happen. Yeah. That is better if you experience it yourself without knowing mm. what happens. So, yeah. you know, pray for me. <laughs> Wish oh, me luck. So there's editing. There's editing. Please edit out spoilers. Okay. So Moon Lovers is a historical um story set in the Goryeo period mm-hmm. um it's the very beginning of that so whoever the king was is the first king at the time of this story mm-hmm. is king number one of the like newly sort of unified korea okay previously they had three different kingdoms and now there's just one so he's king number one <laughs> So king number one has um, this very bizarre political tactic, strategy. Mm. Because, of course, 
there's a lot of factions when you first unite a country that was divided. Mm -hmm. There's, of course, a lot of opposing um, factions and you're trying to get everyone on board to your, you know, one country idea. And the way he does this is by marrying somebody from the different factions. (laughs) So we're going to like have ties by having a wedding. So... (laughs) So he has many wives. He has many Mm -hmm. wives. And of course, that many more children. Mm -hmm. So many children. So in this story, we only encounter, what is it, seven of them, I think? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. But aren't there like 25? Don't they say that there are like 25 princes or something? It's possible. I I have the the number 25 stuck in my head Mm. for some reason. It's very possible, you know. And in the story, they tell you, like, what number prince they are. But it does not mean that is the order of their birth. Mm. I'm still unclear how the hierarchy works in terms of the princes. I think it has to do with their moms. So Mm -hmm. if it's, like, the queen, of course, you're, like, sort of up there in number if you're, you know a lower concubine, you have a lower number. I think that is it, but I'm unsure. They never really yeah, tell it's, you how it's it confusing. Works. It is. It is. So don't think about it too much if you like watch it. Like yeah. their numbers don't matter. It just doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> just right. doesn't matter. So in the story, it starts with I use character in the present time. She is a modern 2016 girl who, because reasons, 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 she's, like, drunk at the side of a lake, and then Mm -hmm. a kid uh, drops into the water, and she goes to save him. So she goes, jumps in the water, and she emerges in the bathhouse of the palace in the Goryeo era. (laughs) As you do. As you do, in front of all the princes who happen to just have a group bathing session right now. Mm-hmm. It's a it's delightful like a scene. Nice, a nice opportunity for like a shower <laughs> scene, basically. It's like a real delightful introduction to everybody because that's the first yeah. time you see them, actually. So she's, you know, in somebody else's body now. But, it, you know, she looks like Ayu. She is still the same face. But she is somebody that is related to Kang Hanu's character. So... Kang Hanu is the eighth prince. We don't care about that. Right. <laughs> he is one of the princes. And, you know, one of the things, like, if you're, um, usually if you're married, you, and this is, like, from other historicals, I guess, when you get married and you're not, like, the crown prince or whatever, mm-hmm. you, like, get to, like, live outside of the palace. So he's, li- he has his own house mm-hmm. and he's married to somebody and his wife's cousin is Ayu. So that's right. the connection. So she just, uh, his his wife has poor health and Ayu is there to help. You know, the cousin is here, there to help her because she's in poor health kind of stuff. So that is sort of like the setup of that. So Kang Hanul is one of the princes, but he's, you know, not in any, not really in the line of succession and he doesn't care. Like, he's not somebody who has this kind of 
ambition. So he's just living quietly outside of the palace and doing like, you know, whatever palacey things he has to do, like he'll attend, but he does, you know, he's not really involved in the politics, but his sister and his mother, who I thought wasn't terrible and is not terrible, but it turns out she is just like everyone else trying to look out for her safety because this court is super super dangerous like there is just left and right people trying to kill you and try to get power and it's just a real precarious situation and so there's struggles <laughs> there's that's like the main sort of theme in in the show is like who is going to be king next mm. who is getting positioned to be king next you know right. all the efforts to make so and so king next you know that kind of thing and so in the center of it is the romance between IU and Lee Jun Ki who is sort of the main character and that is like an interesting kind of journey to where they you know all the different things like when you first start the show you're like how is it gonna be how how is it gonna get there how is it gonna get there because you know where it's gonna go you know where it's gonna go but how? And that is so interesting. Like how they got there is really like some of the like best writing I've ever mm. seen. Like it's so, so, so good. However, also writers, the first half of the show is a real kind of like almost comedy in in some mm. ways, because one, she's like suddenly in this like very strange place in a different time and she has to like and you know there's like a fish out of water period so there's a lot of like funny scenes about that there's some of not funny scenes about that Hmm. um but for the most part it's just like her getting acclimated and then her kind of influence in all the princes lives you know they become friends and acquaintances and their you know their friendship forms and so you're just like it's kind of like a very like a nice period of story Mm -hmm. you know and then the last half you know the other half is like murder and tears just my goodness it just like hits a corner like there's like a moment where it just all turns around and you're like what (laughs) what happened to this show and so just be aware the tone shift is like real sharp and you'll just have some tissues because the crying, like the amount of crying I did. I think Lynn did not do as much, yeah. but Susie cried a lot. I did not. I, I cried quite a bit. So, and also infamously, writers, give us that two hour extended version. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give us the extended epilogue of this show and be nice yeah, to your that friends. ending. Oh, that ending. That ending. If you know, you know. But Mm -hmm. we need, you know, something. An hour. I'll take an hour. I'll take an hour to resolve this. I mean, honestly, I would take like 15 minutes. Just Just do the thing that you know people want. Right. Just like how it ended is so mm, side eye. And you have footage. You have footage. Mm -hmm. You have footage. Just release it. (laughs) Just release it. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Kang Hano in this, I mean, performance, amazing. Mm-hmm. And your feelings for him, the way you regard him, is going to just like go on a roller coaster ride. It's just going to yep. be, and it's just so nuanced. You know, he's he's just so good at navigating that. And I don't know. Like I said, we're trying not to spoil you, so I can't say too much. But a lot of shocking things happens to him. And you're just like, how, what? And then the thing happens. And then he, like, turns to become, like, this kind of person. And you're just like, why, how, What? It is all very unexpected and very fun to like experience. So that's all. <laughs> Vague question mark? Yes, but I highly recommend this show. It is one of my favorites. I could not review it because I'm not ready to like look at it again. It mm. was so like ugh, when I watched it the first time. So um yeah, he's just, he is so good in this show. He's just he's very amazing. Very yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Yeah. I mean, he just um, really, and I had already seen him in some things before I watched it, but he really knocked my socks off in this show. It's a real mm-hmm. tour de force performance. And all the performances of the leads, I think, are good. And the supports are, you know, are good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, his his character is really, in my experience of K-dramas, it is a very, it is a unique character mm-hmm. in the journey that his character goes on. Mm-hmm. Being mm-hmm. as sort of oblique as possible yeah 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 how i put that but like the the journey that he goes on is long Mm -hmm. from where he starts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he has a real arc (laughs) oh boy does he yeah so i highly recommend it if you can find it because Mm -hmm. it is absolutely not streaming anywhere DVDs are available if you have a DVD player still somewhere <laughs> in your home. You know, you can you can probably um, find it on eBay, which is where I found mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is Moon Lovers. That's Moon Kang Lovers. Kanghanul version. <laughs> it's the Kanghanul version because... We're going to visit this show a few more times. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the future. Cause, well, because it has so many people in it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, there's mm-hmm. a lot uh, that I really, really like in this show. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much as you, but mm-hmm. I still would recommend it if you can find it. And I would say among the foremost reasons to try and find it would be Kang Hano because I think oh, he's yeah. really extraordinary in it. Yeah, this is the first thing I've seen I I ever saw him in. And I was just oh, yeah. blown away and was immediate like, where else can I find you? Right. Please, can I, you know. Well, that's a lie. I guess I didn't know him in To the Beautiful oh, right. You. So I did yeah. see him, but I did right. not remember him. So You didn't say like, hey, you're that murderous high jump kid. <laughs> no, I did not. Did not connect that at all. 
one of the other things that we have both seen uh, and really liked, well, I won't speak for you, but I really like him in another character who goes on a quite a journey, mm. not not quite the same kind of journey mm -hmm. as in Moon Lovers. Uh, we're going to travel just a smidge back in time to 2014 with me saying one of my favorite i mean probably top three dramas if i were going to make a uh. list it's absolutely one of my most favorite dramas as i said i just rewatched the entire thing this week not because i needed to just because i wanted to because i love uh -huh. it so much and kang hanul's character is jong becky which I'll be talking about that name uh, in a little bit. But if you haven't seen me saying, and I feel like chances are good that you haven't, because I feel like it is not a drama uh -huh. that a lot of, uh, I mean, did we talk, we, we talked about it in a different episode. I feel like yeah. I don't know why uh -huh. we would have um, that. Uh, I remember you're saying that it was such a big deal. It was so popular in Korea when it aired, but I feel like uh -huh. a lot of, non-korean k-drama mm. fans don't really talk about it a lot mm -hmm. so yeah maybe yeah, people yeah. have seen it but i feel like it's likely people won't have seen it so the the premise of me sang is mc wan's character whose name is john gray and if you uh notice the fact that his name is gray or well i'm not saying it right gray uh like yes like okay he was training to be a professional Baudic player. If you've seen Reply 1988 or heard our episode about Park Bogum, mm -hmm. uh, that's what his character in Reply 1988, Chetek, is a professional Baudic player. That is what Gray is trying to do, is be a professional Baudic player. But unfortunately, he lacks the sort of support that Tech has in Reply 1988. And uh, so he has to give up on those aspirations and go try and earn a living some other way. So through a connection, a Baudic connection, he ends up getting placed in this huge corporation as an intern. It's the one international corporation or for reasons about why it's such a terrible company as, the, as it goes on. I <laughs> thought of it in my mind as the number two corporation because yes that is a poop joke it is <laughs> real terrible uh so it's a trading corporation which i found that aspect of the drama really interesting because it's not anything i ever would have thought of as far as like their trading corporations like this are facilitating all kinds of business deals globally like they're making sure uh -huh. that all these different business ventures get the resources that they need and they're you know just all this stuff that i never would have ever thought of um and i found that aspect of it to learn a little bit about it really interesting also i would never in a million years want to work at a company like that not just because it's a real sketchy company in some ways but also that work would not suit me in the least but he starts out as an intern and there's a you know whole batch of interns and three of his fellow interns who, you know, mild spoiler alert, end up getting hired on to the uh, company longer term. 
I mean, is it really a spoiler? This is a 20 episode drama. You know, they're not going to be interns the entire time. <laughs> uh, the three of his fellows are An Young Yi, played by Kang So Ra, and Han Son Yol, played by Byun Yo Han. We love him from <laughs> Mr. Sunshine. And then Zhang Becky, played by um, Kang Han So. Becky comes from a background of moderate privilege. I mean, he's uh, he's got all the right qualifications for this internship. He has the right education. Mm-hmm. He studied abroad. He, mm-hmm. you know, he speaks foreign languages. You know, he, he knows the things. Whereas Gray has none of that qualification. He has a GED certificate. Right. He didn't even go to high school because he spent his entire youth trying to be a botic player. So mm-hmm. he is considered for the most part by the other interns to be not worthy because, you know, this is another one of those sort of hierarchy stories. Like he mm-hmm. he does not have the qualifications. He doesn't deserve to be there. Um, and they find out right away that he came in through this somewhat nebulous connection um which they all resent the fact that he was brought in through this connection so there's a lot of bullying that happens well yeah there's some bullying there's one real gross example of bullying very early on and becky's character he doesn't ever say this outright, but at least me as a viewer, I feel like he thinks of himself as a good guy because he doesn't participate in the bullying. He like holds himself apart from the bullies, but at the same time, he doesn't defend Gray either. So it's like, how, how good of a guy are you if you know that this is going on and it's like pretty nasty that this is going on but you're not doing anything to help the person either um you know and partly that's because he legitimately does not think gray belongs there i mean and he's not alone in Mm -hmm. that like most of the people in the company that is the the general feeling like Mm -hmm. he does not have the qualifications that the company says this is our standard for employment Mm. um And, you know, it's a real underdog story and there's a lot of injustice at a lot of different levels that the characters are, uh, are struggling against. And like I said, Becky goes on a real journey from the beginning where like, like I say, he, he really thinks he belongs and people who are like him belong and Gray definitely does not. Mm. Um, and, you know, then he has some experiences along the way. He has a real hard time once he starts as like a regular employee, once the internship period mm-hmm. is over, because um, he feels entitled. Right. He, you know, wants to be given a lot of responsibility from the get-go and the supervisor that he has says, <laughs> you know, you don't know the basics and they have mm-hmm. a real contentious relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
this sort of brings me to the discussion of the name. So obviously, you know, by giving the main character a name like Gure, that means like, okay, or yes, obviously is meaningful. Exactly what the meaning is. Like, I don't think it's, um, I think it's meant to have meaning, but I also don't think it's like an allegory where you, you can say like, mm-hmm. oh, it means this exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I'm just not smart enough to figure that out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's obviously meaningful. I was trying to, to determine if uh, the other two main people who start out in their little group of four, if their characters' names were also meaningful, Sonyol and Young Yi, I couldn't find anything that indicated that. There's a little recurring thing that happens, you know, when they're, the characters are texting each other and we see it from, like, Grey's perspective hmm. uh, on his phone where Young Yi's texts when they come in have as the, like, identification, like where there might be a profile picture there or something, mm-hmm. have like O2, like the symbol for oxygen, mm. which I I don't know what that means. If you know what that means, please <laughs> find us and message us because I'm so curious about this. I couldn't find anything about those two names, but Becky, Becky means white flag, um, which is just a really interesting thing to consider in the whole context of the the show and kind of what his character is going through and the idea of surrender and you know again I don't think um it necessarily means just one thing Mm -hmm. or that it's meant to be like an allegory but uh I just thought that that was really interesting that uh his name also has meaning and also the fact that both he and Grey have the same family name. They're both Jungs, but mm-hmm. there's like Yes Jung and Surrender Jung, like <laughs> White Flag Jung. Um, I don't know what that means. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, and the last specific thing that I wanted to mention that just I really love about this drama. If you've heard our episode on Hajiwan, you've already heard me talk about how I was a German major in college. And John Becky is also a German major. <laughs> and he speaks German in the drama, which made me real excited in that part where he's speaking German. Because that's just not a thing that comes up. I mean, it doesn't come up in Western shows very much, much less in Korean shows. And it made me real excited. And I was like, oh, if we ever meet in real life, we can talk in German. I mean, I'm sure that uh, Kang han English is probably way better than my German is at this point. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I love this show. Like I said, it's one of my absolute favorite shows. A lot of the characters have real interesting character arts, but again, I think that Becky's um, character arc is maybe the most interesting kind of the journey that he goes on. He really Mm -hmm. goes through some stuff and I really, really love this show. I can't recommend it highly (laughs) enough. Me saying. Yes. Um, It's definitely in my top five for sure. Um, Yeah. In terms of if there was a ranking, it is one of my favorites. 
Um, I look forward to rewatching it someday. Um, you know, I'm always tempted because I just really, really, really love this show. And yeah. it was <laughs> so funny because when I first started it, I don't even know why I started it because when you look at it, you're just like, that's about office people. What are they? Right. Isn't what is this I even going to be about? Yeah. You know, so I was pleasantly surprised. And the thing is like, you know, when I watch things at night, I usually watch it with my mom. Mm. And for her to enjoy something with me, I mean, there are, like, criterias. But one of the biggest thing for her is, like, it has to have a good story. Yeah. And she and I, like, when the fir- we finished the first one, and we were kind of like, okay, that was interesting, right? And we only had time for one that night. And then the next night, you know, we were watching the second one. And the third one. And then I was like, I don't want to stop. This is so good now. <laughs> this is like, I just found myself going like, I can't wait to like be able to watch the next yeah. episode kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it definitely just keeps you going. And the stories of, you know, I know it focuses on Grey, but all four of their journeys, you know, are quite different, but also mm. like their friendship. <laughs> their togetherness mm-hmm. you know even before they were friends Erst was already like sort of delightful to see mm-hmm. um just how they like arrived to a place where they are like together um i liked that journey for them um yeah and it has like a compelling boss which i always like that when it's like a good mm-hmm. boss but you know the story to me is always going to be about um, how important it is to have good support in your Mm. workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you don't have that, you know, it's so miserable when basically people are like counting on you to fail or blaming you for things that they have failed at. Right. Just it's such a painful thing. And like, why do you have to go through this? You know, it's like, Kaha, no, I, I watched this on, at the heels of Moon Lovers. So mm. I had watched Moon Lovers and then this was like not very long after. And I was just like, what can he not do? Right? <laughs> what can he not do? Um, Wait, did I lie? Scrap that. I did lie. I think it was after Camellia. It was after little, Camellia. It was close yeah. to Camellia. Yeah. Right. But... It would be like the third thing I've seen. And it is like, uh, again, like a completely different character. Yeah. And I just was so enamored with him. I just thought he was so good and like so nuanced again. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't just two dimensional where that character could have easily been very two dimensional. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And just like the whole drama, like that tone, the tone of this drama, it's they have like interesting they don't overscore it. So when you're in oh, the yeah. office, you hear all the office noises. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ooh, just it'll take you back <laughs> to some places if you've ever worked in an office. And it's like an open office, which is also so miserable. Please. So terrible. People yeah. who invented this, they need to, yeah. need to be punished. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I hope I'm, you're bankrupt now. I don't know. <laughs> Terrible, I just hated this so so much. Um, yeah. Anyway, he's 
again, reliably good. Reliably yeah. good in this show. Well, and I've, I mean, re- having rewatched it this week, it was really interesting to me to remember that this drama is now nine years old. Mm-hmm. But it feels still so contemporary. I mean, there mm-hmm. are a lot of, like terrible super sexist behaviors like un like even you know for 2014 like Mm -hmm. outrageously unacceptable sexist behaviors and yet i would completely believe that there are still offices that are exactly how they are depicted in me saying Mm -hmm. like it was very Mm -hmm. realistic to the point of like oh yeah like 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 some trauma flashback yeah ptsd for some people you know when you see that you're just like oh yes that is oh so next we're going to talk about when the camellia blooms (laughs) circa 2019 so quite recent um we talked a little bit about it during our kim sun young Mm -hmm. episode she is fantastic so i did a little reviewing before the show and i i watched the first episode of course and like when she (laughs) kim sun young comes on the scene i'm just like look at this gloriously tacky lady Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) It's like A plus hair, makeup, costume people depicting mm-hmm. these like, you know, the small town community and what they think is cool. It's so interesting. So when the Camellia Blooms is a show that stars Kang Hanul and mm-hmm. Gong Hyo Jin and Kim Ji Suk who has been in a lots and lots and lots of things. So the premise of When the Camille Blooms is Gong Hyo Jin's character moves to the seaside town, baby in tow, and she opens a bar. So she is scandalizing this town with her presence, basically. And I still, like, I remember how affronted i was when i watched this for the first time mm. how they were like fishing for information right so the neighborhood ajamas are like hey where's your husband oh you don't have a husband oh are you divorced are you a widow and you know like forcing her to say right i am unwed and I have a child. But they're not like even. They're still like hope springs eternal. That there is nothing wrong with this lady. So they're like. Oh so who is this to the baby? Is oh, it your right, nephew? Right. <laughs> and I was like. Please pick up what she is putting down. Right. Okay. Like, take like, a hint ladies. <laughs> nope. Taking they were a hint like, is not their strong suit. No. But also it's like. Them being like, say it ain't so, because we don't want to hate you or whatever. You know, you mm. we don't want you to be a stain to this community. And then they think because of her store is called Camellia, at first they think she's going to open a flower store. And they're all oh, like, right. oh, why does a flower store need? Oh, a flower store definitely needs windows, you know, because she's trying to finagle to get 
a window installed in this real crappy place. And again, the landlord is like, well, I'd rather talk to your husband about this. Mm. And she had to be like, you can talk to me about everything because I am (laughs) self-reliant. But, you know, and then she had to be like, I'm, no, it's a bar. It's a bar. It's a place for drinking. And they're all like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is her journey of like living in this town, raising her child, dealing with the neighborhood that on the surface never quite embraces her and always mm. likes to point out things that she has done wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Until a point where she, you know, basically was like fed up and tries to defend herself and her existence, you know? Right. When everyone was betting she was going to be gone in three months and she stayed for like seven years. So, hmm. So Kang Hanul, Kang Hanul is um, a policeman. Who, again, in this first episode, just cracked me up so bad. He is somebody who has, one, like a particular nose to spot crime. And they Mm -hmm. show this flashback from a few times where he just spots somebody criming. And him (laughs) interfering or catching them, you know. He springs into action. Just, yes, springs into action. And the first time they show us this happening is the scene in a bank. He's in school, right? Oh, right. Oh, yeah. And his mom, who owns a marinated crab restaurant like everyone else in this town. (laughs) It's a specialty of this town. um, You know, asked him to deposit some money. So he's there at sort of the end of the day. The bank is closing, but they're, you know, just taking the last few customers. So he's there with the money and he sees this guy with a bandana starting to like cover his face, like trying to cover his face. And he just looks mm-hmm. at him and the guy looks at him and he <laughs> and Kang Hanul reaches into his bag. And like through footage of CCTV later, we find out that he prevents this guy from robbing the bank and like pummels him with his lunchbox (laughs) it's a a metal lunchbox and he just pummels the guy in such a way that he is just his teeth has fallen out you know it's just like Mm -hmm. super injured in the face and the cops were trying to be like you didn't need to go that hard dude so now you have to pay for his gentle bills. And his mom is just like, does that make any sense? He prevented the crime from happening. Right. He's in high school. How can he like pay somebody's like a criminal's dental, you know, medical bill? <laughs> it was so absurd. But that is him. He's like all or nothing. He just goes for it. And as mm-hmm. long as he can like catch the perp, he does not care. Like he just... And this is how he gets in trouble eventually because he keeps on doing this thing. So, but he's not great in school and he's not great socially. He is not the sharpest tool (laughs) in your toolbox in everything else. Like in anything else, he is just not 
not great. But in solving crime, he is very good. So the police, you know, the policeman in his, you know, police chief in his little town was like, listen, he's just going to get in trouble all the time. Why don't we just make him a policeman? <laughs> Tell him to just be a police. He doesn't need to go to college or whatever. It's just going to be wasted out there. Right. So he becomes a policeman. And then he um, moves to Seoul and becomes a detective there. But then again, he just, his sense of justice is so strong mm. that he cannot stand even this criminal who is, who has like killed his girlfriend or something, um, is being interviewed by uh, reporters. There's reporters outside of the station. Um, they're like, why did you kill your girlfriend? And he's like, cause she deserved it. She's like nagging me all the time and all this stuff. And Kang Hano is just like, no <laughs> just beats him up so he gets sent back to his hometown <laughs> at least he didn't get fired um so he gets you know demoted so he's back to just being like a regular cop and i mean it's like such a tiny town um it's a tiny town but it has its own serial killer apparently mm-hmm. so that is part of the this is where it's like similar to um, Strong Woman, Dabong Soon, where you have this very delightful other arc of like just people in the town, you know, it's a small town. And then there's uh, a romance between Kang Hano and Gong Hyo Jin that, you know, buds during the, during the show. But then you have serial killing. Yeah. <laughs> like the underlying sort of like arc is they're trying to find the serial killer and i'm just like is it necessary <laughs> did it do yeah. we need to have this as the thing why can't it be something else so yes yeah, so kang hanul who is sort of like newly back in the town you know is sort of bragging like oh i just wanted like somebody i want a soul girl i don't want somebody from the countryside kind of thing right and the joke is he's trying to find like the diana the princess uh, diana princess diana of soul or whatever of his heart and then mm-hmm. we see gong hyo jin having to do some kind of like English homework with her child and she has to pick an English name so she picks Diana (laughs) meant to be these two Mm -hmm. and so because he's like I mean he's just real awkward but also very upright you know Mm. he's just Mm -hmm. a real nice guy and he just wants everything to be good but he's He's not smooth. He's <laughs> not smooth oh, no. at all. So there's a lot of lot of funny thing, scenes with him, and he's, you know, trying to trying to act smart, trying to act cool, Oof. trying to, but it's just not working. <laughs> yeah. And it's just very delightful. You know, their courtship was really fun. You know, when they eventually get together, it was really fun. I mean, serial killing is not fun. No, um, no. that's not fun but you know it's where we see his smarts you know people are sort of like 
dismissing some of the things that he's saying, but he, he really has like an out of the box kind of thinking actually mm-hmm. when he's yeah. like sees something, he's just very aware of things and he can really connect dots very easily. Um, mm-hmm. So that is like a huge strength of his in trying to crack this case, um, mm-hmm. which was really nice too to see. So, but this whole story after like sort of reviewing a little bit of it, you know, is really mostly examining familial relationships. Mm. So there's so much between um, Kang Hanul and his mom. Yeah. Kang Hanul and Gong Hyojin, Kang Hanul and Gong Hyojin's son, who is everyone's favorite noodle, <laughs> Kim Kang Hun, who has a great role here and, yeah. you know, gives lots of truth bombs to all the adults. You know, he's so mm. smart and so aware. Uh, you know, Gong Hyojin and her son. And Gong Hyojin and her ex, who is the father of this son, who didn't know that the son existed because when they broke up, she was pregnant and she didn't tell him. So now he's like, oh my goodness. So that's how he like factors in. And then Gong Hyojin and her mom. And, you know, all these different familial relationships are really fleshed out really well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I really, really enjoyed in this show. Yeah. I mean, he's so goofy in this show. Like, this yeah. is the one after Moon Lovers that I saw, and I was just like, this is, cannot be more different than yes. that character <laughs> that was very reserved and calm. And he is all over the place. He is just mm-hmm. like... When he decides to do something, he is like all in with like his whole body <laughs> and yeah. his whole being. He will do that thing. And it's just you know, one of the I went from like episode one to episode 10. And one mm. of the jokes there was how loudly he had proclaimed his feelings for mm-hmm. Gong Hyojin, like in the middle of the street. So everyone yeah. like knows that he likes her. And yeah. I mean, that's him. He's just, and he's so kind and he's very super nice to, to everybody. You know, he's very helpful. Um, also a real smart cop, you know, I just, his character is so great. I just really, really yeah. enjoyed him here. You know, he has a little bit of a journey. It's not a huge journey because he's who he is, you know, when we meet him yeah. and that's really good because he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I was reminded when I was just revisiting a little bit of it, it just reminded me of when we talked about uh, Park Saroyi in the PSJ episode. Mm -hmm. I remember you used the word steadfast, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was such a great word to describe Saroyi. And I think it's also a very apt word to describe young Shik. Like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have that big of a, a journey as far as his character changing Mm -hmm. because he's so steadfast Mm -hmm. like that's part of his um identity as a character Mm -hmm. is like he's so firm in his beliefs Mm -hmm. i forgot until i rewatched it how much he cries (laughs) (laughs) yes which Uh. you know which i really love and like without embarrassment Mm -hmm. and you know i mean it's really unusual especially for 
a character who's as physically strong mm-hmm. as his character mm-hmm. is and who's a cop. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the fact that he's so wears his heart on his mm-hmm. sleeve, I feel like is very unusual and um, really refreshing. And also, like, you know, his character could just be like kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's he is real goofy yeah, yeah. and like he is kind of real ridiculous yeah. <laughs> some of yeah. the time. Um, but, you know, again, Kang Hanul is really good at his job. And so he's not just like to, you know, this kind of two dimensional mm-hmm. goofy cop who like thinks he's smarter than he is and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, he's there's so much more to him than mm-hmm. that. And he is so endearing and lovable. And, you know, Gong, Gong Hyo Jin's character is real because partly because of everything that's happened in her past and kind of the way she's been treated by the neighborhood mm-hmm. and all this is real reluctant to get together with him. I mean, he sort of plants his flag real oh, early yeah. on that like, I like you and, you know, I'm going to do whatever it mm-hmm. takes. Not in a creepy way, mm-hmm. but like, I'm, you know, I I'm want to be here to support you. And uh, it takes her a long time to sort of get around to that. But you, as the viewer, I'm rooting for them mm-hmm. early on because like, you just see how sincere he mm-hmm. is and you know that they would be great for each mm-hmm. other. So they're just so delightful and he's so delightful and i mean like you said i couldn't agree more this is such a different character from any of the characters that we've well any of the characters that we've talked about and to any of the characters that we're going to talk about spoiler alert um you know i mean just such a different Mm -hmm. departure for him from what he's done before but Oh, he just does like such a great job, and I love the the chemistry that the two of them mm-hmm. have. I can't imagine anybody else in those those two roles mm-hmm. for this show. Yep. Well, now we're gonna skip forward a couple of years to twenty twenty two. A very oh. different kind of role. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, in Insider, Kang Hano plays Kim Yohan. So the premise of Insider is uh, Yohan is a judicial trainee. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can understand that he's like training to be a prosecutor, like he's already been through law school and now he's training to be a prosecutor. If I understand it correctly, mm-hmm. I might not, but it's something like that. Um, his father who died when he was a child, was also a prosecutor. And from pretty early on in the show, we know that he died under, you know, somewhat unclear circumstances. Um, So he was raised by his grandmother. And then at the beginning of the story, two of his father's colleagues who have known him since he was little, who are also prosecutors, like rope him into, they're trying to to do a sting on this illegal gambling operation, which is sort of redundant to say illegal gambling because there is no 
I mean, I guess there's the lottery, but there's no legal gambling mm-hmm. in Korea. In fact, for Korean citizens, I think this is a thing I learned in this show. For Korean citizens, it is illegal even to gamble in foreign countries, mm. which is a, a law that I was like, I, I just don't even remember having heard of a law like yeah. that. And it, it seems like a very unique law. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so there's this gambling den in a, what had been a temple and he's there as part of this like sting operation, but it's not an official sting operation because, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched any like <laughs> police crime dramas in Korea, the, everyone is corrupt <laughs> in like the police and the prosecutor. And so this is a very like uh, low key operation. But it's illegal. They haven't gone through the right channels mm-hmm. to do this because they wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. So anyway. So because of reasons, it's kind of hard to explain. This plot is very complicated and convoluted. Mm-hmm. Because of reasons, they end up talking him into um, basically being arrested for being at this illegal gambling thing. He originally wasn't going to be charged because of you know, because of his connection with the prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they decide, oh, we can use him to try and get this information from this inmate mm. uh, who's in the prison, who we know has this video uh, that has incriminating information on some of the like upper level mm-hmm. prosecutor, like some of the people they were trying to get, this guy has dirt on mm-hmm. them. But the only way to get this dirt is for somebody to go inside the prison and get it from yeah. him. So Johan essentially goes undercover as an inmate in the prison. And I mean, right away, he is way in over his head. <laughs> like he has no idea what he's in for. Um, so this show is really well produced i mean it's a very fast very full plot like i said there were a lot of times when i was not clear what was going on because there's so much going Mm. on Um, and i think that there are some things that are like specific to korean culture that maybe i wasn't understanding but also i think it's just a very big complicated plot Mm -hmm. um that was constantly moving Mm -hmm. so almost all the characters are very i don't think it's correct to even say morally gray Mm -hmm. like they're they're mostly have no morality Uh, like they just are are in a bunch of bad people in this show Mm -hmm. um and there are lots of different factions you know it's not like a simple like good guys versus bad guys it's like johan against all these other (laughs) factions basically (laughs) Um, you know, and even he, as far as his, like some of the steps that his character takes over the course of the drama, you sort of question like what his morality has become. I mean, his character really goes on a journey as far as, uh, you know, what, what his aims are and Mm -hmm. what he's, what he's trying to accomplish as things change. Um, and there are a lot of reveals as far as 
you know, like you see a scene and it seems like one thing is happening and then they'll do a flashback that reveals like, oh, actually all of this was anticipated in advance or this was all set up and, you know, which, I mean, generally I really enjoy that. And there was a lot of that in this show, especially as it goes on. Um, but this show is extremely brutally violent, like from... The first episode when Johan is in prison, like, I mean, my recollection is the first two episodes are almost nonstop Kang Hanul getting beaten up. Like, and it's, it's real brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's prison. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of violence in it and they're dealing with really immoral characters mm-hmm some of of whom are extremely powerful. Um, So, you know, there's a part of me that can't fault them for, you know, first of the fact that that it was so violent, because that seems very apt for what the story was. Like, if Mm -hmm. it weren't so violent, it would not be realistic to the kind of story that Mm -hmm. they were telling. Mm -hmm. And also, even though I find it almost impossible to watch, Mm -hmm. I find it extremely difficult to Mm -hmm. watch. I appreciate that they didn't gloss over the violence because they are real people. And, you know, and these, when these things kind of happen, like the the characters who get caught in the crossfire, or even if they're, you know, quote unquote, bad characters who are having violence perpetrated on them, like they're still human beings. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a way of retaining our humanity in the midst of those stories is to tell the truth about how brutal violence really is and not just be like, oh, those convenient like plot people, we're just going to, you know, get rid of them. Um, You know, violence is and should be really upsetting so especially in a story like this so i can't say that i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it i would not watch it Mm -hmm. again i'm not sure i could watch it Mm -hmm. again um but i think if you like this kind of show i think it's really well executed Mm -hmm. i mean it is full of familiar faces so many people that you will recognize from other shows Mm -hmm. um And the plot is really compelling. And also because of the nature of it, like I really didn't know where it was going to end up. Like if this is going to end up being a sort of redemption story at the end, if, if quote unquote justice was going to win out at the end or not was very unclear. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and even it's the kind of story that really raises questions among which are like in such a corrupt system where there are people who just have enough money to get their way, no matter who's in charge, what does justice even look like? Mm -hmm. Like what is justice in those? And when the entire prosecution can be bought and sold and the cops are all on the take, Mm -hmm. like what is justice Mm -hmm. in those cases? Um, Because Johan starts out very much, from the point of view of like, we want to work within the system. He's a judicial mm-hmm. trainee. Um, and then, you know, he eventually like 
learns that the system can't be trusted. <laughs> like, you know, the system is broken. So it was real hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I haven't talked very much about Kang Hanul. Uh, I mean, he's, again, that's probably another reason why I got through it is because I just would watch him do anything. And I think he's so gifted at these subtle aspects of his Mm -hmm. performance. You know, Johan is a very complicated character that has a lot of stuff going on. Um, But also this is a story where like you don't know where any of the characters, like what their true motivations Uh are Mm -hmm. for most of the story. And so he has to learn to become a master at disguising his own intentions Mm -hmm. um and yeah just such a range of things that he has to communicate over the course of the over the course of the drama um and i you know i find him so compelling it was very very hard to watch him get beat up over and over (laughs) and over again Uh, i think it would be hard you know to watch anyone in that circumstance but especially someone that you're so fond of that was very hard for me to watch Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean again like i think it's a really good drama for what it is what it is is not my cup of tea Mm -hmm. generally Mm -hmm. but i watched the whole thing i mean i couldn't stop watching it like i wanted to find out what was gonna happen even though it was very very hard to watch so (laughs) You know, you can do with this rambling review (laughs) what you will. If this is your cup of tea, I think this is a great example of this kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But, whew, it's hard to watch. Well, I'm intrigued for sure because I have not seen it. But, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Like, I definitely want to check it out because I feel like it's another sort of type of role that I've not seen him in. And, Mm -hmm. you know... Yeah, I do want to check it out. Yeah, yeah. it's very different mm-hmm. from any of the other things that yeah. we've talked about. And having this, like, back-to-back with Camellia is sort of yeah. <laughs> I feel like those are the two yeah. Yeah, yeah. furthest apart oh ends of the spectrum right. as far as the characters <laughs> that he's playing. Like, totally diff- totally mm-hmm. good and, like, pretty morally gray. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember you like went through it pretty fast. Like, I did three or four days, something like that. I watched it in like four days Mm -hmm. because I, I mean, part of it was just once I was into it, I really wanted to find out how the story resolved. And also, it was really hard to watch. So I just wanted to kind of get to the end of it because it was real hard to watch. And also, you know me, like, sometimes I'm in a headspace where I would not have been able to watch Mm -hmm. that. And I happened to catch that one or happened to watch it at a time where I was like, okay, I can do this right now. Like, I don't, I'm not enjoying mm-hmm. the violent aspects of it very much, but like I can handle it right mm-hmm. now. So yeah, I just went, went right through it. I mean, and I do love him. I think he's so good mm-hmm. in it. Next, we're going to talk about curtain call which Yay. came out in 2022 so he was busy in 2022 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. again cannot be more different 
so true. than the previous one. Um, and we have talked about this quite a bit in the Anar Hajiwan episode, so please check mm-hmm. that episode out. Um, but Curtain Call is a story about this table lady who originally came from North Korea, and she was on her journey into South Korea during the Korean War. She was separated from her husband and her child. And so she was sort of forced to uh, fend for herself, um, and she eventually uh, started selling, you know, the rice soup. And from there, um, became a successful hotelier. So she owns this like huge chain of hotels. And now she um, is diagnosed with cancer and her doctor says you have about three months to live. And she has never given up hope to, you know, find uh, her grandson. Um, Her son had, her husband had died when, you know, pretty early on. And then her son and grandson, she had met one time during one of these Red Cross reunification kind of events where, you know, families can reunite for a day just to meet. Um, And then after that, she was notified that her son had died. So she did not get to see um, her grandchild for a long, long time, but she still wanted to like see him. That's like her basically dying wish. And so one of her very loyal employees decided to try to make this come true. (laughs) And he did find the grandson. However, he is an unsavory type. So, Mm. you know, considering that she only has three months to live, you know, do you really want to introduce her to this, what on paper looks like a good for nothing person who might just want money from you? Or do you want to like make some memories with somebody, even though it's fake? (laughs) Yeah. So he decides the latter. And so he hires Kang Hanu, who plays Yu Jae-hun, a theater actor who's working in, a, you know, in a small theater company. Uh, I mean, it looks like they only seat like 20 people in this little theater. It's, so yeah, it's tiny. small. Um, and he happened to be uh, in a play about North Koreans. So he has the accent down, you know, he has the speech down. Um, so he hires Kang Hano to become the grandson for three months. And no matter what, you know, the job will be done after three months. So um, they also hire uh, a castmate of his to be like his pretend wife. And so they, three of them plan, you know, have, they have a war room. They have the game plan, you know, they have like charts, they have like, they just planned everything so meticulously. And I particularly loved it because they're using a lot of, you know, theatrical lingo and theatrical Mm. references 
and Mm -hmm. practices in in planning and implementing and like just Mm -hmm. along the way um the way they think about things and how they need to change anything they think about it in terms of this is a play so we are putting on a play and actually the audience is only one which is the employee because he's the one that knows it's the play so they need to like always convince him that they are the real deal like they are just Mm -hmm. you know so it's just this is another kind of like healing show is what they call it Mm. you know it's a real just moment in time in this woman's life and in the really like great thing about it is how you sort of define family and then also Mm. even though um jaehun is a fake grandson here but like the impact of his interaction and his you know kindness because he's doing this because he's also nice i mean he's getting paid but he's also like a nice person (laughs) so yeah he you know his kindness and his pretend wife's also relationship with other members of family is really like profound you know how they change Mm. each other's lives through this through this play yeah. And um, it also reminds me how, like, you know, theater and audience, you know, it's like also a two way street, you know, how, mm. you know, watching a play yeah. can really um, impact you profoundly, you know, how the audience react can impact the actors as well, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So it's a really, it's a beautiful story. Um, have a handkerchief ready have some tissues ready yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of touching and sad scenes in here you know it is the end of somebody's life um, but I just find find the story very compelling um, I love all the performances you know it's full of friends mm-hmm. as well uh, but Kang Hanul here really does like sort of an amazing job you know the duality of what he has to do and then him mm-hmm. like sort of portraying like him when we first meet him and then gradually how he has changed, how other people are changed by him. Um, that is like so excellent to watch. And I highly, highly recommend this show if you need a healing show. But, you know, you'll be crying. <laughs> you'll be crying quite yeah. a bit. So yeah. I just uh, love it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. When we talked about it last time you hadn't mm-hmm. seen it mm-hmm. yet in the haji one episode only i had seen it and i was so delighted that you loved it as much as i did because i feel like i don't i don't know if we talked about it in the episode i know we talked about it in life that uh a lot of people a lot of the comments about it mm-hmm. seemed to be that it was slow right, right. You know, that the plot didn't progress mm-hmm. as quickly as people wanted. And I just didn't see yeah. that because mm-hmm. it's about these people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not a big, loud mm-hmm. show. Like, it's a very quiet, yeah. you know, kind of quote unquote small show because mm-hmm. it's about what's happening in the hearts and minds of this group of mm-hmm. people. Um, You know, and all the things you said as far as like the nature of family and 
all of the relationships, you know, you were talking about in Camellia, like all of the distinct family relationships and curtain call really has that Mm -hmm. too, that Mm -hmm. there's like, as you pair off the different people, Mm -hmm. it's like about the relationship between these two people and the relationship between these two people. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just really, really loved it. Even just reviewing a little bit of it, Mm -hmm. um, to talk about it today I was just reminded of how much I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. I mean, and again, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, he's so, so good. And yeah. It. And the thing about this show is like going and knowing that like the plot is a device only. So mm. it's definitely not a plot driven show. The plot is just a device mm-hmm. to bring these people together. And really the yeah. story is about them um, the plot mm-hmm. is very simple. You know, this lady wants to see her grandchild. They produce a grandchild. And it's all about then after that, it's like, will, who will find out? Are they going to be found out? You know, there's a subplot about the selling or the retaining of the hotel chain that is sort of a fracturing thing in the siblings relationship of the grandchildren of this lady. Um but that is just like there also to facilitate other people coming together. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, just if that's the kind of thing you like, you know, about a story about people and relationships, you know, this is an excellent, excellent one. And one footnote, it's hilarious that here... Um, <laughs> I was just thinking we have to mention it. We have to mention it. So in Camellia, Kang Hano's mom is played by Go Dushim. And here, the lady that is dying is Go Dushim. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) just, I was watching when I was reviewing Camellia, I was like, this is just kind of hilarious. (laughs) Just kind of hilarious that that has happened. So. They have a good relationship. He got three years older and she got like (laughs) 60 years years older. older. (laughs) (laughs) It was just great to see. And I'm kind of like, oh, are they like glad to work together again? And, you know, what a nice relationship as actors, you know, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, just highly recommend Camellia. It's very, it's a very nice show. You know, it's a very lovely show. Well, Susie, what are your favorite scenes from the shows we have discussed today? Oh my goodness. It was hard to choose, yeah. actually. Yeah. I was I like, had a hard time, too. I was like, oh, this is harder than I thought <laughs> it was going to yeah. be. So, um, yeah. I mean, there's so many things in uh, Current Call that I just... He's just so, so great in the, that show. I just... Yeah. I yeah. could not choose, but like really a lot of interactions with Godoshim is, they're all so yeah. lovely, you know. But I will mention in Moon Lovers, there is a scene that is a turning point in the show. And he is very, like, is he's sideswiped, like he's just taken aback and he's really like... Oh not expecting this at all angry and very taken aback and his just like his face 
going from like one emotion to another mm-hmm. while just like processing what just happened and what he yeah, has yeah. to do and the consequences of what just happened was so like yeah i mean this is like one of the best scenes in the show anyway but whoo i just working his <laughs> face was right? working in yeah. that scene <laughs> oh my goodness um so yeah like if you know you know i'm not gonna tell you because it's an important Mm. scene but that one i really love and then in camellia this is like another sort of turning point where um you know gong hyojin's son is in a like little league kind of team Mm -hmm. so he plays baseball and so you know this whole time there's like a push and pull between like him and Kang Hano and then him is like his real dad, which is played by Kim Ji Suk. And just like he initially was like not really into Kang Hano. Like he's like, no, nah, I don't know. You shouldn't. Yeah. Know. But like something happens during one of one of the games. And, Kang, you know, Kang Hano's character is very like. He's like a little puppy sometimes, you know. He's very eager. <laughs> and like one of the things that he knows yeah. is important is to get the approval of the, the son, right? To date yeah. Gong Hyojin. So he really wants him to like him, but like he's not getting there, you know, all the things. But he's trying real hard. Yeah. He's a real try hard. <laughs> but something happens during one of the games and he was able to show sort of like dad qualities. And basically saying, mm. this is my son right now. Like, mm-hmm. don't mess with him kind of thing. And it's a real mm-hmm. fun, fun scene. And I just, like, adore that, how how that happened. And I just, yeah, it was so good. <laughs> it was just so, so good. Oh, so those are, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that scene. <laughs> just, I just yeah. love it. It's so dramatic and sort of like over the top, but it's really, real fun and really like is a turning point sort of in their relationship as well. Yeah. yeah so that was yeah. good. What about you, Lynn? Delightful. Um, I, like I said, also had a really hard time mm. choosing and I feel like, you know, there are a variety of different ones that I could have chosen there, the scene in Camellia when it's pretty early on, like he's already confessed to her, mm-hmm. but she just has, because of everything that's happened, she has such a bad self-image and just, you know, sort of blames herself for her misfortune and, um, and you know, like you already said, he, his character is not the smartest, <laughs> but he's real perceptive when it comes to crime. Uh, and I think, you know, it sort of goes in with um, what you were saying as far as like he, he sees things through a different lens. Like he really sees things from outside the box. And so he sees Dong Baek, um, Gong Hyo Jin's character very differently from like he really sees her whereas the rest of the neighborhood sort of writes her off as like oh she has all this misfortune and she's a single Mm. mom and you know whatever their justifications are for like treating her like she's not as good as they are but none of those things are meaningful to him and um you know and he tells her 
like how amazing he thinks she is and he's totally sincere about it like he's not trying to persuade her to go out with him I mean of course he wants that but like he just wants her to understand how he what he sees in her that she doesn't seem to see Mm -hmm. in herself and it's just such an amazing scene he's so great in it um it's one of my favorite scenes in that show uh i didn't have that on my list either (laughs) but just talking about camellia i wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about uh of course the first thing that i ever think of if i think of kong hanul is the care is the scene in me saying where he's talking german (laughs) and he says to his supervisor but i was a german major in college because I loved that so much <laughs> when I was watching me saying for the first time, when it got to that part, I had to like take a picture of it and send it to Susie and be like, oh my <laughs> gosh, German major. So when does that ever come up? Um, and the scene that I always think of with him, I mean, and again, he was so great in Moon Lovers. I mean, there are a lot of things to think of, but I really loved, there's a scene with walking in the snow mm-hmm. And I just, that scene had such an a, an impact on me, even though, like, it's a, a very small scene. Like, there's hardly any dialogue yeah. in it. Um, but I just really, really loved yeah. that scene. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite scene of his from Moon Lovers. But I think my favorite scene, uh, and this is kind of going back to what you were saying about Curtain Call, and just all the interactions with Godu Shim are so yeah. great. But there's a particular scene where and I don't remember why Jaehoon is for some reason like up in the night and he goes to her bedroom and she's asleep and uh at first he's like worried that she's not mm-hmm. breathing so he wakes her up just like she's an old sick lady why are you waking her <laughs> up but uh but you know they have such a just great dynamic and he's you know he's a full-grown married man but he's just like a little boy around her um you know when you think about his own sad backstory and her backstory with this character who's you know her grandson but whose entire life she has missed Mm -hmm. out on essentially um you know it really makes sense but anyway uh, he ends up like crawling and like asking if he can sleep b- beside mm-hmm. her and crawling into bed with her. And I think one reason it made such an impact on me is because it seems so like in a way sort of anomalous, especially when you think about the fact that like he's not actually yeah. her grandson. Like he's he's a stranger who's doing this, but he's so mm-hmm. engrossed in the role at that point that um, it doesn't feel weird at all at least it didn't to me doesn't feel weird at all but it's just so warm and touching Mm. and like there's I've I've never seen a scene like Mm -hmm. it in another show that I can think of um that just really was so real and like I remember sleeping in the same bed with my grandmother when I was a little Mm -hmm. kid like there's there's something so familiar what am I trying to say? Like the intimacy of family Mm -hmm. is so well communicated through like that small act Mm -hmm. that you don't really see in other 
ways or there's a very specific intimacy to like sharing a, a bed with someone in your family especially when you're a little kid and it's like a grown-up who's caring for you and stuff and anyway I'm just babbling at this point but <laughs> I just really really love that scene I find it very moving mm -hmm. both of the for both of the characters and uh yeah I really love that one <laughs> but there are so many yeah. I mean really like almost any moment in curtain call is like this one is my favorite because mm -hmm. <laughs> just just all so, so good. good yeah well lynn <laughs> uh, yes it is yes, time Susie. for me to ask you anything da -da -da -da! are you ready i'm ready are you ready I'm ready. Okay. So we have commented on how Kang Hanul has done so many different things, like just the things we listed today, talked about today. All of yeah. those roles are so very different. So looking at that, is there mm. a specific kind of role or genre that would that you would like him to try out or see him in in the future? Mm. That's very interesting. I mean, I think you know there are some like fight scenes. Obviously, there's fighting in uh, Insider, and his character does not mm -hmm. just get beaten up the whole time. He does eventually learn how to <laughs> defend himself better. Um, and you know, there's some fighting and stuff in uh in camellia um but he, i haven't seen him in a sort of a more like action like mm -hmm. mostly action mm -hmm. type show um which would be interesting just because i think he's good at everything like action things aren't even necessarily my biggest mm -hmm. interest but I just think he's good at so many things that I'm interested in seeing him do all the mm -hmm. different kinds of things mm -hmm. that there are to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would I would be interested to see. Him. I would definitely watch an action show that he was in, even though it's not my favorite, uh, mm -hmm. my favorite genre. And I don't know. I mean, I just... I just loved him so much in the their romance and when the camellia blooms, even though it's not like a swoony type uh -huh. romance so much, but they're just so uh -huh. delightful together. And I would love to see him in more, like a right. more straight romantic uh -huh. Uh -huh. role, I guess is uh -huh. what I'm trying to say. Um, but honestly... I mean, he is probably 90% of why mm -hmm. I watched Insider mm -hmm. in the first place, which is <laughs> as far from my cup of tea as you can get. So I would pretty much watch him in anything because I just find yeah. him so compelling and likable. I mean, and that little YouTube video of him making food for his fan... <laughs> 
is so delightful oh, in that yeah good job today show oh, i mean that He's smile is like when he smiles big it's so yeah so cute so cute mm-hmm. Yeah, he does have a great uh, big smile, which is very interesting how it's deployed. I was thinking about that this week, getting ready for this episode, how it's deployed differently. Like that same smile is deployed differently Mm -hmm. in all the Mm -hmm. different shows. Um, You know, you don't see it as much in Insider. You do see it some. It's almost never Mm -hmm. sincere, (laughs) you know, in Insider. Uh, Just you know, in comparison to like in Camellia where I'm pretty sure it's not ever insincere. <laughs> and he's like smiling uh-huh. most of the time in Camellia. So I'm a big, mm-hmm. big fan. Yep, yep, yep. Kanghanu, one of the best. Well, listeners, is Kanghanu one of your top faves? If not, <laughs> why not? Have you seen any of these shows? I mean, really, I kind of defy mm. you to see some of these shows and not have him be <laughs> one of your top faves. But, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, who are your top faves? You should come find us on Instagram yes, and let us we're know. We're at on Opa's Pod on Instagram. Tell us about it. Tell us about Kang Hano. Tell us about your other faves. Tell us what you're watching now. Any recommendations? Let us know. Mm. Other Kang Hano shows that we ha- did not mention here? Let us know. Yeah. Is Insider your cup of tea? Ooh. I'd mm-hmm. be really, I would be interested in hearing from someone who is not as, mm-hmm. um, not as upset by the violence because I feel mm-hmm. like that they're the desired audience. They're the intended audience as someone who's not going to have mm-hmm. such a visceral reaction to the violence as I mm-hmm. had. Because I feel like it holds up as a show of that genre. But at the same time, like mm-hmm. I had a little bit of, you know, PTSD to all the violence. So mm-hmm. does it hold up? Am I right? <laughs> or am I just confused because I was like, ah, I can't watch. <laughs> let us let us know let us know uh but you know no matter what you want to come and tell us we always want to know about your favorite opas kanghano is one of our favorite opas mm-hmm. who are your favorite opas come and tell us so we can learn about new opas because as our friend in crash course on romance Kim Sun Young <laughs> said in reply 1988 the handsome ones are all called opas so come back next time and we'll talk about another handsome opa or a few <laughs> or a few <laughs> <laughs> Anyang. Anyang. <laughs>